Good morning, good morning, good morning, and welcome, welcome. Happy Sunday. I'm here in a little, little, still dark in New Jersey, and you are here. If you're waking up and you're seeing me, you have joined Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit. And I'm excited today because I've got three of my super friends waiting backstage. And we're going to talk about one of my favorite areas today because I, you know, it's in, in its family and its parenting and its meditation all rolled into one because we're actually going to get to do a live medication, a medication. Lord have mercy. Same root word, medi and meditation, meaning to take measure of. So we are going to have some wonderful opportunities. You're going to meet my superstar friends. They're going to bring you their expertise. You'll get a chance to ask them questions live. Now, where else do you get an opportunity to do that? So let me introduce myself. And then I'm going to say good morning to some of the early birds who are already watching. So this is Weightless in Mind, Body, and Spirit with your host, Dr. Carol Penn, doubly board certified in family medicine and obesity medicine. Also your movement meditation and mindset coach, two-time best-selling author, content creator, blogger, podcaster, medical correspondent with WURD Radio in Philadelphia, and just so honored to be your host on this weekly show. Well, we have people streaming in already. Good morning and welcome, Victoria. And Victoria is down visiting Greensboro, North Carolina today. Good morning, Dr. Terrellon, and welcome. Good morning, Miss Sharon, and welcome. Good morning, Marianne, and welcome. So I'm going to begin to bring our guest on because I know that you want to really be in touch and, and, and see our wonderful guests. So we are where... We are where we're weightless in mind, body, and spirit. And you know, we mean that in two ways. We talk about not only our physical weight and the disease, many disease processes that that's connected to, because I am an obesity medicine specialist, but we also talk about what it means to be weightless in mind, body, and spirit, that emotional weightlessness. And we are going to get into that big time today. So my first guest that I'm going to introduce is my dear sister friend, Dr. Michelle. Dr. Michelle, Dr. Michelle Clay is going to talk to you about what she does professionally. And she's going to talk to you just a little snippet about what she's going to do today. So we want her watching and hanging out and feeling the whole thing. So welcome and good morning, Dr. Michelle. Oh, isn't she beautiful? Look at her. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. Greetings, everyone. Thank you, Dr. Carol, so much for having me here. I so appreciate you and welcome to your listeners, both live and in the future replay. So this is my first time on this show. I'm so honored to be here. I am Dr. Michelle Clay. I am a physician. Look, I'm going to run my stuff down because Dr. Carol's credentials were this long, right? But I'm a physician, certified holistic health counselor, clinical nutritionist. I'm a two-time best-selling author. I'm a blogger. I am a professional speaker. I am a chief creator and curator of Freality, which is a premium herbal loose leaf tea line. What I do with all of that is exactly what we're talking about today is I help people who are feeling overwhelmed, overworked, just playing over it, honey, with all of the stress and whatnot, release it simply and naturally. So what I am honored to do this early morning is we're going to go through a very quick and easy meditation. And oftentimes people get caught up with, I don't know how to meditate, but this is something so simple that you can do any moment with your entire family. So thank you so much for having me here. Uh-oh, you're muted, Dr. Carol. 
See, I'm so excited. I forgot I'm hosting. But, you know, because that's my sweet spot. You know, my hashtag is movement is my medicine and meditation. I've been meditating so long. And why I'm so excited, Dr. Michelle, is I started meditating as a teenager. So it's been with me a long time and it served me extremely well. Now, can you imagine if our little itty bitties start to learn how to self-regulate, if they learn how to build their own resiliency, they don't have to wait for mommy and daddy who might be stressed up here because there are a lot of stressful things going on in the world right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. Let's see who else is joined. Oh, welcome, Dr. Dietrich, and good morning. Good morning to you. Now, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to bring my next superstar guest on. I'm so excited. We went through um, Medical Moguls Academy together with our business coach, Dr. Michelle, also has the same business coach, Dr. Dre Ombert. We have the beautiful, the wonderful, the kind-hearted, super smart, super talented, and my friend, our friend, Dr. Kalani Tewitt. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Dr. Carol. And hi, Dr. Michelle. I am so honored to be on the show this morning, everyone. Hello, world. <laughs> My name is Dr. Kalani Tewitt. I am a board-certified family medicine physician, best-selling author times two. I'm the creator of Irie Vitamins, a natural nutritional supplement line, and I help busy professionals achieve optimal health on the go. But my passion is to help single moms learn how to be more productive so that they can create time to take care of their health because the essence of creating generational wealth is having generational wealth. Ah, generational health and generational wealth. Both, really, right? Mm-hmm. Beautiful tagline. I love it. I love it. I love it. Hey, good morning and welcome, Dr. Khadisha. All right. The moguls are in the house. We've got a beautiful audience. My 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 local colleagues, uh, Mary Ann is here in the house. My dear Victoria amazing occupational therapist. If you ever need an occupational therapy consult, Victoria is the one. Now let's bring on Dr. Kwame. So Dr. Kwame, again, also part of this beautiful medical mogul community. And I'm so proud of him. He's going to come on. He's going to introduce himself. We're going to meet who he is professionally. But you know what? I love my dads. I love my dads. I love my dads. I give all honor and praises to African-American moms and to all moms, all moms of whatever color. We have the hardest job in the world. And guess what? Dads have the hardest job in the world, too, because if you are parenting, that's a verb. That's not a, a, a sit back. But if you anybody could be a mother or a father in that biological sense, but not everybody could be a parent. And this gentleman is a parent. Welcome, Dr. Kwame. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you very much for having me on your show, Dr. Carol. Uh, And greetings to my co-panelists, Dr. Michelle and Dr. Kalani. It's so good to see you all this morning. Uh, And thank you so much for having me. Uh, As you said, I am a dad first. And foremost, I have three beautiful kids, uh, nine-year-old and seven-year-old daughters and a three-year-old son uh, who I'm very proud of. And they are exceptional kids. And I am also a family physician. I built up my clinical practice primarily in Chicago. And then about seven years ago, I transitioned into being a healthcare executive. And I have been working in the managed care arena as a medical director and a chief medical officer at different times at a major health insurance company. And I am still there now as I perform my real passion, which is helping other dads to have great relationships with their children. And the real thing that gives me joy is to see these children growing up and becoming healthy and becoming resilient. One time I was uh, playing recreational flag football with some friends and uh, it was co-ed league. And one of the players on our team with practice brought her son along 
And turned out I delivered this kid like 12 years ago. And they were like, oh, you know, you, this is your doctor. This is your doctor. And I just, I just loved that uh, because family medicine gives us a chance to do so many wonderful things in the lives of children. So uh, my kids call me the best dad in the world. And it's, I believe them very much, but I also want the same thing for other dads. And that's why I do what I do. Oh, wonderful. And welcome. So we Thank have you. right here. Marianne is saying not everyone can be a parent. Sad reality. This is also one of the powerful moms in the community having a, a beautiful child herself. And I think between the four of us, there are six children <laughs> that are being raised of various ages. I think I have the oldest at 25. And Dr. Kwame, you got the baby at three. He's not so much a baby anymore. He's He might sneak into the camera if I'm loud enough. They're trying to sleep in the next room over. But uh, uh, yeah, if he comes on, please don't be offended. He's just trying to help me co-host. You know? That's right. He, he just called to the camera, called to the camera. <laughs> well, we, you know, we've all been there. And I think Dr. M Dr. Michelle is not a mommy, but she's got plenty of mother nurturing energy which is something that's also very important. Are you an auntie, Dr. Michelle? Yes, I am a TT. And at um, one point I was a bonus mom. And so I really love the comment that she made because that's the beauty of those of us who have not physically birthed children is that we can fill in the gap because you can't raise a child to fully live their purpose with just you. It, no. it just can't be done. That is why the phrase is, it takes a village and everybody brings their part, their skill, their spirit, their expertise, just like gumbo. Gumbo isn't made with just one or two ingredients. It's made with a lot of things and those spices and those seasonings and the crab and the and the corn and, the, and everything else puts together for a, such a flavorful dish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I certainly had that experience. Uh, one, I was my mom's only daughter, even though I had a bonus brother who was eight years older. So we were still like two only children. And I was raised with a large extended family. And that's pretty much I and I'm an only who had an only raised with a large extended family. And then I became a bonus mom. So I've got the, the two boys. So we have a comment. Look, yes. Awesome, Dr. Kwame. So yes, people are appreciating that we have a dad and we have the world's best dad, not just any dad. And then yes, Marianne, yes, truly it takes a village. And so I agree with that and couldn't support that more. I, my son often calls the members of my women's dance company his core mothers, and there are a dozen of them. You know, so I was like, I was like, yes, you know, to get that input is so important and invaluable. But my, I'm going to jump right in with my first question, and you know, anybody can can take this. So, as parents. Both of you are in the unique position, as I was myself for many years, of what I like to, I prefer the term independent parent. Single parent has a whole lot of heavy energetics attached to it. And it also comes with the typical, the children aren't getting everything they need. The children aren't getting the input. The children are getting the support. It comes with, you know, economic connotations. And so from, you know, that standpoint, I feel like none of our children are in the, what people think of as the single parent household. They're in an independent parent household, as are many, many parents today. And we're now faced with this pandemic. So let, I would like to hear what your situations are, because I think that our viewers will be able to relate in various, uh, various ways. So I don't know who wants to jump in on that. Let us know what is your situation and what's going on in your are kids in school, out of school? Are they virtual? Is it hybrid? What's happening? Uh, go right ahead, Dr. Kalani. I'll go. <laughs> Hi, um, so as an independent mom myself, and I've been independent from conception, 
Um, I currently with my son, he is actually in school physically. He goes to a private school. Um, it, there were some concerns in the beginning, especially being in the South. We're not as strict with the mask wearing rules and with um, all the guidelines that are provided by the CDC. But um, his school has been very diligent in making sure that the kids are separated because they're in a smaller class size. They can actually be about three to six feet apart from each other. They have to wear their face mask even during PE. The only time they take it off is during lunch. Um, they have hand stations everywhere. Um, and so far they've been pretty good. I haven't heard of too many students having COVID-19. I did recently receive an email stating that a student's, um, parent was exposed to someone else who may have had COVID-19 and to just monitor my child. It wasn't a di direct contact, but it, when I got that email, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my God, did I do the, make the right decision? because my child's in school with all these other kids and kids like to touch each other, talk to each other. They're like walking petri dishes, <laughs> breeding all kinds of viruses. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't want my son to get sick because he also has asthma. And when my son first heard on the news, children or people with asthma have um, are at higher risk for COVID-19, he got scared himself. And I had to navigate that and explain to him why if you do the proper precautions, your risk will be lowered. And so um, it, it has been challenging. And at times he thinks everything's OK and wants to just go outside and play with his friends. And I'm like, we have to maintain some type of um, social distancing because the more people you're exposed to, the, more, the higher your risk of contracting this disease disease essentially. And so, um, and then for myself, I'm, I've never stopped working. I've been in the clinic throughout thick and thin. My office never closed. We didn't even go to telehealth until later on in the course. So I was seeing patients who may have, who had COVID-19 sent into the hospital two days later, they were diagnosed. And I was highly exposed. And so the other thing I get concerned about is bringing something home to my child. When this first happened, it, as soon as you got to the door, you stripped naked, you went into the shower, took a shower, and my son and I would do virtual hugs because I didn't want to give him anything. He didn't want to get anything from me. If I had a little sniffle, I said, you need to stay on that side of the house because I don't want to give you anything. And it, it was a little terrifying in the beginning, but it, we, we've adjusted well. And um, thank God nothing has happened to me. Because I remember there was a point in time where I was like, okay, do I need to create a living will? Well, I have to have one anyhow, but it wasn't in place at that time. And I was like, if something happened, who's going to take care of my son? I don't have any family around here. And so that's where you have to lean on that extended village. And I came up with my contingency plan, like, okay, you're going to take Kai if I get sick, call my mother. I had to have this whole entire plan laid out just in case something happened to me. So it, it has been an adventure and, and we're strong and we power through and and I don't let fear hold me back from anything. I just try to figure out a plan and keep on pushing. Oh, that's beautiful. So Dr. Kalani, uh, first of all, welcome Dr. Kathy from Wisconsin. So, you know, we're, we're tuning in from all over the United States. Welcome Patricia from Ocean in New Jersey. We are, I told you, see y'all were thinking about who gets up this early? I got the early birds. I got the early birds. Dr. Kalana, you said something very important and I want everyone to note that contingency plan. What's your contingency plan? I think every family watching certainly needs to have a contingency plan for self and family. What if something happens? So, you know, you want to, you want to, uh, evoke or provoke the village, right, Dr. Michelle? You want to get that village going. You know, even, you know, if, if you're living alone, I know some of our viewers are living alone. I know Dr. Michelle lives alone. What is your contingency plan? Who can you provoke or evoke in your village? Because it looks like we're heading right back to another shutdown as we prepare for a, a double entendre, both the flu and the seasonal flu and COVID-19. So, you know, here we go. Here we go. And we'll see. Good morning and welcome, Kenny. Good morning. All right, Dr. Kwame, I know that you have some comments about that. 
what's going on in your house. And Dr. Kalani, how old is your son? My son just turned 11. Just turned 11. Yeah. All right. Good. Well, I can tell you that um, that situation sounds uh, unenviable. I'm really proud of you, Dr. Kalani, for uh, how you were mustering through that with your family uh, to take care of your son. Um, my situation is a little different in that as a medical executive, uh, we have shut down our office space. So I've been uh, working from home exclusively uh, since maybe February of this year. So just as the um, coronavirus was starting to come to prominence, I was uh, working from home. So it's, it's not difficult for me to shelter in place. Uh, however, uh, as a dad who is sharing custody with uh, my ex-wife now of the last two years, um, the kids, it's impossible to uh, shelter them in place. In fact, that was a, a point of contention uh, maybe back in March uh, because uh, their mom didn't want to... Uh, honor uh, the shelter in place orders and didn't take them as seriously because she's not a healthcare worker. And I don't think that she, you know, fully understood what was happening. So we had some issues and there were a lot of uh, people, according to my lawyers and blogs about uh, single parenting that were having real challenges uh, regarding uh, how to ensure that your children were sheltering in place when you weren't present in the other household. So that has been uh, a real challenge. Uh, but the issue here, the idea is that we cannot eliminate risk. We can only manage it and try and minimize it. And so uh, my kids, um, while they, you know, they have their challenges going back and forth, it's my job to try and just provide stability for them and to try and, and mediate those types of disagreements so that we can try and at least keep the children out of the, uh, the issues that the parents are having. So uh, how that works for, for me on my end is that... Uh, with my three kids, we work back to back. I'm on my uh, multi-screen uh, setup and my kids are working in the, at the table behind me and I can look over my shoulder and make sure that they're on screen on camera. And you know the, the teachers in the class probably get tired of looking at the back of my head, but we are all working together. And you know the kids have built-in movement breaks so if I see that the kids are on a movement break, I just get up and I'm going to do their gym class with them. Uh, we're going to jump up around and uh, that, you know, my kids don't like it. They're like, Dad, get off the camera, get off the camera. But I'm like, hey, I got to exercise too. You know, we're all just sitting here uh, at home. Uh, we try and get out to the playground after school. Um, so... Uh, you know, I feel very fortunate that I get to be at home with them. Uh, but then, you know, I have to be responsible for making breakfast and lunch so that, you know, those things that they used to be able to get at the cafeteria, at their school, sitting with friends, uh, I try and still give that to them. And uh, my three-year-old son, that's an entirely um, different issue because, you know, he has to have his blocks and he has to have his uh, lap time and, you know, we're reading and he's going through his numbers and letters and uh, his creativity uh, has to be nurtured as well. So we have a, a packet of materials that uh, he actually travels back and forth with so that we can keep him engaged. Uh, he is not in preschool right now because they had to cut their numbers back. So uh, he is, again, shelter at home. So he's essentially uh, learning from us, uh, but you can't do it by yourself, like you said. So I have called in my village. Um, <laughs> I'm in the position where I can you know, offer like a hundred bucks to my family to come and sit with me and the kids uh, during the day and 
uh, offload some of that responsibility because my work tasks are serious and, and demanding. Um, so, you know, and, and theirs are too. So everyone has to be respectful of each other and we work really hard to be a team. Beautiful, beautiful. Now I've heard several things here, Dr. Michelle. So we heard contingent contingency plan from Dr. Kalani. We've had some comments from our viewers. I've also heard from, from Dr. Kwame to manage risk. You need to manage the risk. And I also, when you talked about, you know, have the work assigned places. So, um, Dr. Michelle, I'm going to ask you, so what could you suggest to our families and even to our viewers, even if there's nobody else in your household, about having the work assigned places? Because I can imagine it probably gets pretty stressful if you're always only doing everything in the same room. So how do, how do we manage that when you're like, oh my God, you know, if I'm at this computer at this desk in this room one more minute. And also Dr. Kwame said something else. Everybody needs to get up and move. So much to the chagrin of his children when they have their movement breaks for school, he gets up and moves with them. Good morning and welcome to Dr. Erica. So Dr. Michelle, what could you suggest to de-stress the actual physical layout in the house? Well, one thing um, is that even, this is across the board, even in the pandemic or out of the pandemic, is to declutter your space, okay? When you have a cluttered space, you have more of a cluttered mind. And that helps keep the energy flowing. It helps keep things clear. It helps keep you focused. It helps keep you balanced. And all of us need that. I also really like, Dr. Kwame, how you have um, a setup that is a dedicated space. And for the children who, and even the parents who are accustomed to going into an office, the children who are accustomed to going into school, then they have a dedicated space. There's a lot of structure. There's a lot of order. So keeping that type of routine, I also really love how you have the movement breaks and that you do it with them. So I've been hearing a lot about people who are sitting a lot more than they used to. And so all of us need to get up. We need to keep the energy flowing. We need to keep the, um, the blood flowing, the muscles moving, warmed up. I was just talking to my cousin yesterday who is working remotely and her son is doing school virtually and she's been having some numbness and tingling going down her arm and into her leg. And the source of it is her sitting a lot and the the um, shape of the chair. So she's having some inflammation in her cervical region. So these are all things that people need to keep in mind. Plus, when I'm stressed, this is what made me start running. I, and I'm not a runner. Anyone who knew me, they said, Dr. Michelle, are you running? I said, honey, I was running to keep my mind and save my life. So movement is an excellent way to release that stress. Very simple, very natural. Now, you don't have to go for a run. It can be for a simple stretch. Um, and it just starts releasing things. We'll go through something a little bit later when Dr. Carol tells me. Beautiful. <laughs> and I, I had to grab, because I keep a little book in my office. When you talked about that decluttering, that is so true. It is worth spending a little time decluttering because that cluttered space clutters your mind. So there's this little book I keep called Move Your Stuff, Change Your Life. How to Use Feng Shui to Get Love, Money, Respect, and Happiness by Karen Rouch Carter. It's actually one of my favorite books on feng shui. There's a, and feng shui, if you're not familiar with the term, it is a, a time-honored wisdom-based tradition. There's now a lot of evidence-based research about it. Feng shui, F-E-N-G, first word, and then the second word is shui, S-H-U-I. 
So, and doctor, I'm just getting a little feedback. So remember when you're not talking, if you put yourself on mute, so that way, you know, everybody can hear in this technical world. So anywho, I'm just going to do one more round of questioning. And then I want to get into Dr. Michelle while we're all gathered here. And y'all, are you, are you ready? In about 10 minutes, we are going to do a meditation that we could do with ourselves, with our the entire family. So if you've got somebody at home with you that you want to come and participate in this, have them come in in about 10 minutes. So docs, here's the other question. In this challenge of the pandemic. So we have one independent parent who's leaving and going out of the house every day. We've heard about contingency plan. We've heard about managing risk. We've heard about, you know, work assigned spaces and even like you need to be in your side of the house. I need to be in mine because that's part of managing risk. We have another parent who's got the challenge of working from home with the littles at home, including a three-year-old whose preschool closed. Well, they, they had to limit. So the child is not in preschool. So, you know, talking about a juggling act. I know Dr. Kalani is like, oh yes, it's good that we're out of the house four, five, six hours every day. So then I, you know, you don't have to worry. You don't have to worry. I know a lot of parents used to say when school was closed, like, oh, can't wait for the school vacation to be over. And now we're living in the world that we're living in. So what would you say um, are your, your two tips? I want two tips from each of you about the things that you do that you have noticed that are most helpful. And then also maybe one or two challenges that you're still working on because it's when we're faced with these continual challenges, that's what we need our meditation for. All right. So Dr. Kalani, if you could unmute and, and share that. Um, <laughs> Dr. Um, Kalani, I promise I would not buy another declutter book. I don't know, Dr. Kathy, you might have to get this one. <laughs> Um, so yes, it, you had said something about, um, being, uh, or having my child at school, that might be a good thing, but there are a lot of worries in my head. Did I make that right decision? Should I just spend the money and have a sitter stay home with him? But it, it wouldn't be fair to him too, because it's part of, part of learning as a child, especially as a preteen, is learning how to navigate through different challenges and conflict resolution. And, and I find that with him being home, because to be honest, in the beginning of the pandemic, when school shut down, my thank God I had a friend that has a son that goes to the same school as him, and she was working from home. So he was able to shelter in place just with that small cohort and be able to finish school. But once school finished, he was home by himself a lot, unfortunately, because I just didn't have anyone else. And I didn't trust hiring a babysitter that I didn't know from anywhere to come into my home and bring whatever they had with them. So it was safer for him to be by himself because he's older and he's a little more mature. Um, but um, th that was one of the challenges is do I have um, someone, a stranger come into my home? Because like I said, I don't have extended family here. His godparents aren't here. My mom works and she's in New York. And at that time, that was the height of the pandemic. She couldn't come here. Now, when she comes here, she has to quarantine because the numbers are higher in South Carolina than in New York. And so, um, so as when you're dealing with illness or disease or, um, or a pandemic, which we've never been through, you have to make some tough decisions. And sometimes your kids have to, are put in a situation where they have to grow up a little faster. And even though I like to protect him and shelter him, I think this was a good challenge for him because he rose to occasion. He knew what he had to do. He made sure he called and checked in and, and we had a plan. If something happened, he knew who to call. So I kind of had to raise him a little faster than I would have liked to and give him more responsibility while having other people call and check in. Even though they weren't here physically, they called every hour. Somebody was calling and say, hey, what you doing? Did you read your book? Did you do your math? And I came home and I made sure I checked him 
on his work to make sure he was doing what he had to do. He got a little more TV time, but he still had some educational experience along the way. Um, that was one challenge. And then the other challenge um, for me, I would say, um, is making sure that um, that I, I, I found, even though my work days are long and challenging, making sure that I find the time, even if it's dedicated time throughout the week on a weekend to spend with him and spend that quality time and to foster that relationship where we can still talk and be open and honest with each other about different situations, because that's part of parenting is like having that conversation one-on-one -on -one with your child, even though at this age, I realize he thinks he knows more than me. I'm like, you're only 11. <laughs> but then he does listen because I'll hear some of the things he says to his friends and I could hear my voice in those comments. And so I, even though he's trying to be a little rebellious, he's a good kid overall. Um, so um, what my tips would be is making sure that no matter how busy or stressful your life gets is making sure that you take the time to sit down with your child and have those intimate conversations about whatever's going on in their life. Um, or even if it's something that's struggling for you, it's okay to have that open conversation because they, they give you inspiration and they put things in a simple way and you're like, hmm, that makes a lot of sense. Why didn't I think of it that way? Um, and so um, my other tip would be is to make sure you have your contingency plan together because you never know, regardless of a pandemic or not, you never know. You could be driving down the street and have a car accident or you can who anything could happen. So you always want to make sure you have a plan and make sure your kids know the plan inside and out so that they're not afraid. And even though it's a tough conversation to have with your child, you do need to prepare them for anything. And I, and I try to instill in my son that he is strong enough and that, and that we will survive anything and, together. And if anything should happen, he will be well taken care of. A beautiful. Thank you for, and yet those are, those are tough conversations. Mm -hmm. Those are tough conversations. When 9-11 happened, my, the oldest was in first grade. And sadly, again, talking about having to grow up a little bit faster, two of the parents in his classroom were killed in the bombing of the, the world. You know, and so from that point on, you know, they're just beginning at that age to understand that there might be an end of life, but they were kind of the entire class. And I have to say their teacher, thank God, they had a teacher who was so aware, talking about managing and managing their emotions. And then what we had to do in our household to manage that. But yes, when you think about these events that, that, that make you grow up a little bit faster, a little, little too soon. Little too soon. Dr. Kwame, take it away. All right. Uh, you know, that sounds a whole lot like managing risk. You know, if we're going to have a healthy, well-adjusted kids who are resilient, it's not that we are sheltering them from everything that the world has to offer that may give them a challenge, but we're trying to give them the tools to work with so that they can manage it and still come out on top. So uh, hats off again to you, Dr. Kalani, for the work that you're doing. Um, my two tips uh, would start with uh, self-care self for the parent. You know, um, you can't really uh, convey uh, safety and security and um, you can't eliminate worry if you yourself are worried. Uh -oh. Is that my mic? No, you're here. You're good. We hear you. Yeah. Very, good. Very good. And so you have to take care of yourself. And uh, Dr. Carol, this is a great opportunity to share with people the uh, tips for doing yoga or meditation or some type of movement that helps you to uh, de-stress. Are you hearing this? Yes. Uh, we can hear you just fine. So, audience, are you still able to hear Dr. Kwame? Somebody just let us know. There I'm was an echo. Okay. Uh, let's 
let's let's try again uh, from the top. Um, uh, number one, self self care, being able to uh, modulate your own emotions and getting on top of that. Um, one of the things that uh, I talk about in my book is uh, partnering with uh, a group of other parents and sharing your stories. Um, being able to um, work out your own stress, if that means working with a counselor, uh, if that means taking time out to have uh, exercise, either early in the morning or late at night, uh, spending some time that's just for you. Uh, because uh, some of my friends who uh, had more than two children and there's two parents in the home, uh, they liken it to playing, uh, having to go from man to man to zone defense, right? If to borrow a uh, basketball or football analogy that, you know, there's more of them than there are of you, so you gotta play zone. Uh, but for me, as a single parent, it's like a constant fast break. So, <laughs> you know, I'm defending a three on one. So I have to make sure that I'm on top of my own health and well being. Uh, that also involves uh, a stand-up desk. So uh, I stand up quite a bit while I'm doing my work and uh, ergonomic and ergonomic evaluation will help you to get uh, the right chair so that you are sitting in your chair properly and alleviating the, the medical problems of low back pain that come from uh, being sedentary and uh, being in the same position all day at a desk. So uh, those are really important things. And in terms of relating to your children, uh, it's good to uh, have a routine in place and make sure that expectations are clear. Uh, dad can't clean up the whole house by himself. He cannot uh, be, you know, behind you, picking up behind you and, and working and doing all of this at the same time. So I have to write down a list of all the chores in the house and uh, provide a way for the children to have buy-in on ways that they would like to be incentivized. So we have uh, pizza parties and uh, there's my girls like to do uh, face masks and spas. Uh, so, you know, I have to see, find a way to make that happen for them. Um, but having the right kinds of prizes and incentives helps to uh, motivate the kids to be uh, in a, in, who step out first and take the initiative to do tasks and chores around the house, which is which is the biggest challenge that I have uh, besides just, you know, controlling my own emotions. And, you know, in the process of uh, talking about what what dad needs, they talk about what they need, too. So uh, in that sense, you know, we're also practicing what Dr. Kalani was talking about, where we're communicating and talking about the things that uh, will help us to be happier and, and healthier. And then we just have to be committed to try and be consistent so that we can deliver that for each other. So well said and beautiful. Now, what's the name of your book, Dr. Kwame? And in a minute, I'm going to give everybody a way to get in touch with these doctors. So, um, Dr. Kalani, if you could just put in um, the chat also, we want to know a way to get in touch with you, whether it's your website or whatever way. So what's the name of your book, Dr. Kwame? Because it is about parenting and family. Uh, it's the Awesome Dad Guide to uh, the Awesome Dad Playbook. And it's a guide to helping to raise healthy, resilient children. And uh, we are we will be taking pre-orders very soon for this book. You can go to my website, drkwame.com, D-R-K-W-A-M-E.com. And uh, at the website, you'll be able to click on the little email tab and join my email list. Uh, and then you will have an opportunity to pre-order the book. So uh, that's there. And then uh, I am working on a, a Facebook group where uh, people can tune in. Uh, Dr. Kwame uh, is the tag on all social media, but on, on Facebook, I have a group 
that uh, where we're cultivating interest and sharing fatherhood tips in particular. Moms can join the group too um, to get a, a dad perspective, but uh, you know this is not these are not tools that are just for um, for dads, but for parents in general. But you know, really, we focus in on the dads here. Um, so I hope that helps and I look forward to interacting with you and your audience more. And thanks for the opportunity to share those things, Dr. Kara. Absolutely. Yes. So tools for good parenting. And, and again, talk about being balanced and, you know, the work that I do, a lot of the work that Dr. Michelle does, we talk about the balancing of the polarity. So that masculine and feminine. So it's very important to have the parenting uh, perspective from both the female aspect and the male aspect. So, Dr. Michelle, are you ready to give us this group experience in this meditation? Are you ready? And then we. Yes, I'm All ready. Right. Let me so, stand up and move I want you chair. to put your comments in the chat afterwards so we can see how this landed with you. And I'm going to be posting ways to get in touch with. Dr. Kalani and Dr. Michelle as well. So, Michelle. Since Dr. Carol is, movement is my medicine, and we're sitting so much, then it's important to stand up like Dr. Kwame was having that the movement time. So you can do this anytime. Whenever you feel like life is tossing you back to and fro so much, then I want you to stand with your feet slightly more than hip width apart. Close your eyes, inhale through the nose. Hold, exhale through the nose and picture your feet with roots going deeper and deeper into the earth that are grounding you, that are centering you, that are strengthening you. So no matter what the winds may blow, you are anchored and grounded and steady. And, and once again, inhale through the nose. Hold and exhale through the nose too. Inhale again through the nose and hold and exhale through the nose, two, three, four. When you're feeling alone, inhale through the nose. And when you exhale, just bend forward ever so slowly. And inhale, and exhale, and continue to bend forward. And don't worry about touching the floor, touching your feet. Just hang here. And inhale through the nose. And exhale very slowly through the nose and just let your neck go loose in your head and your arms hang. And allow the blood and the energy to flow to your head. And inhale through the nose. Hold. And exhale through the nose. And sink deeper and deeper and allow it just to melt away. Inhale through the nose. And exhale through the nose. And just hang here and relax. And as you're bending forward, just go more into yourself. And this time, when we inhale, come up very slowly. Inhale through the nose. 
And exhale through the nose. Inhale through the nose, keep coming up. Exhale through the nose. And this time when you inhale, reach your arms up to heaven and pull down all of your abundance and divinity, inhale. And exhale, arms come down. One more inhale through the nose. And this time when you exhale, smile. And inhale through the nose. And exhale. Now give yourself just a big hug. Mm. Just please yourself. Just love on yourself. And know that you are worthy. You are deserving. You are abundant. And you have everything you need within you to do and to be everything that you need to be. I went through it like that because a couple of things. Number one, the grounding part. And I often use the analogy of a palm tree. So I live in New Orleans. We have a lot of banana trees and palm trees. And one thing that you see even with tropical storm or hurricane force winds is that the leaves may come off, but a palm tree very rarely is uprooted with strong winds. It may blow some, but it does not break. So then grounding ourselves. And then the forward fold is an inversion. So it's an analogy of when life seems to be turned upside down with stresses and challenges and pandemic and presidential elections and this, that, and the third, and the regular stress that you have in your house, sometimes we need to right ourselves and go into what seems upside down so that you can right yourself in the way that you choose. And breathing is always important because breath is life. And oftentimes if we just stop and focus on the breath, then it helps us to tune out all the other noise. And you can do this with your children. So when I was a bonus mom and even with my, um, my cousins, my young cousins and nieces and nephews, when their emotions get way out in the rafters, then I just stop and say, okay, let's breathe. Let's bring it down. Let's breathe. And if you can teach your children to do that, trust me, when you are having your moment, your children will then become your teacher and say, mommy, daddy, let's breathe. So it's a win-win for all of us. So thank you so much for allowing me to share that moment. I don't know about you, but that blood went to my head. I feel like I'm ready to conquer the day. <laughs> yes, 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 thank you. That was beautiful. Thank you for that explanation. So for those that tried it, if you have a comment or a question, I know I could just feel my whole spine opening up and lengthening when I was in that forward fold. And you could do it. You could be seated when you do this so you don't have to be standing. If standing is a challenge, you could be in your chair and just go right on over and fold all over and still have that, that same effect. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So I want to drop it into here and let um, people see also how to get in touch with Dr. Kalani. So there you have 
thefreeality.com, where you could go and find out how to get in touch with Dr. Rochelle and also find out about her relaxing, wonderful, fabulous teas. So thank you so much. And I know she's been sipping on her tea. There's Dr. Kalani, and we've got a couple of comments here. Woo, yes. So look at what Marianne is saying. I am worthy and abundantly God's unique child. So wouldn't that be fabulous if people understood that as their messaging from three and up? Susie, you know, or earlier, as soon as you can understand language, that you understand that you grow up with that sense of feeling worthy and that you are God's child. And as adults, don't we need to be reminded of that every day, particularly when life is, is in our culture, our society is telling us something else, telling us, sending us messages that we aren't worthy. So Sharon is saying that moving open up my sinuses, both the nostrils are open. Yes, the breath, the forward fold. Yes. So I just meditated with an eight-year-old. He was done after 30 seconds, but we will keep trying. And that's beautiful. Exactly. 30 seconds. So 30 seconds today, 45 seconds tomorrow, a minute the day after that. So we celebrate the 30 seconds. Woo, woo, woo. I've taught this in a special education setting for 10 years when I, I'm still tenure faculty with Washington, D.C. public schools taught this with children with severe disabilities. And yes, you measure and you celebrate the victories literally in seconds, literally in seconds. So we celebrate that. Yeah. Dr. Carroll, can I just say, you know, if you're looking behind me, uh, this the, the, the day was dark when we got started and now we're starting to see the light come in. I thought that might happen during your uh, during your session today. And I just thought that that would be uh, a wonderful thing to see the sun coming up in the background. Um, thanks for shedding this light on people and giving away giving them a way to kind of step out of the darkness. Beautiful. And it is so beautiful. The sun has come up where I am also. So that's so exciting. So I, I think you have a young fan, Dr. Michelle. Our little eight-year-old did like to hear Dr. Michelle talk. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. So here we have slow and steady wins the race. Absolutely, absolutely. This was so exciting. And I hope that I will be able to have all of you back on here. For, for you know, again, many we're going to feature Dr. Michelle regularly. Um, but you know, I think we need to hear the parents' point of view. We need to hear that. And I see both of you as superstar parents. You know, I love the fact that you're on this parenting journey. Parenting is yeah, it's one of my reasons for being alive. It's absolutely one of my reasons for being alive. And Dr. Michelle is saying small wins lead to big wins. And that's true. A win anywhere is a win everywhere. So we celebrate all of it. So Dr. Kathy from Wisconsin is saying thank you and thank you. And I know Dr. Kathy has done meditation and yoga with her grandkids and had some delightful pictures that I've seen of that. So Dr. Kwame, I need you to send me a picture because I know your girls have to do their facials and hair and makeup and they need to practice on daddy. So we need to see, you know, Super Dad as the subject of the makeover. Dr. Kwame, I so you promised me you'll come back on and you'll also send us one of those pictures. Dr. Kalani, I know you and your son do wonderful uh, mother-son adventures. We need to see a picture of you on a mother-son adventures because that quality time that you talk about spending with your son. So many parents need to be encouraged to remember to spend that time, particularly as they're going into adolescence. It's a whole different thing. Yes, 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 yes. And uh, Dr. Michelle, we know that you are going to be back on air because we're going to have that meditative moment during the week. Dr. Michelle, tell people how they can find you in the evenings. 
Yes, so Dr. Carol and I, we are um, Wonder Twin Powers and we activated to meditate. So Dr. Carol comes on in the mornings at 6 a.m. CST, 7 a.m. EST for meditation. And then I come on in the evenings at 7 p.m. CST, 8 p.m. EST uh, at Dr. Michelle Clay. So that's Dr. Michelle Clay on Facebook Live, as well as I simulcast on Instagram at Dr. Michelle Clay. Excellent, excellent. So they're saying, Dr. Randy, thank you so much. Dr. Dietrich, thank you. We're going to sign off and I'm going to see you next week. And next week, ladies, we go to the other end. We're going to talk about menopause with Dr. Kieran Dunst and her telesummit that is coming up. It's called Stop the Menopause, Stop the Menopause Madness or Stop Anyway, something like that. Dr. Kieran Dunst, Stop the Menopause Madness. We'll see you next Sunday. Thank you to my guests. And once more, Dr. Michelle, Dr. Kalani, and Dr. Kwame. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you. Have a blessed day.